JD Talking Sports, drop the G on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. St. Patrick's Day, March 17th, Friday, 2017. Also, subscribe on iTunes. Well, folks, I, I, I'm so excited I have to start off with this. The Yankees got a no-hitter today. Their first spring training no-hitter since 1983. Tanaka led the way with 4.1 scoreless innings. He has 13.1 scoreless innings this spring. Are you excited? Not really. I mean, it's spring training, but it is kind of exciting. 6Ks today, 19Ks, 3 hits so far in the spring. 13.1 scoreless innings, that is no joke. Jordan Montgomery got 4 innings today of scoreless relief. Girardi said he could make the rotation. Who knew? And also, they're supposedly going after... Sorry about that, Isaac. They're going after Ernesto Frieri, who played for Colombia in the World Baseball Classic, had 37 saves for the Angels in 2013, hasn't played the majors in two years. Yankees have to do what they have to do now. They won today 3-0. Glaber Torres played shortstop. He's in 440 in the spring. Gary Sanchez didn't get hit today. He's hitting 364. Greg Bird, 438. Clint Frazier, 313. And Billy McKinney, 375. He played right field. That is no joke, right? I mean, that's pretty goddamn impressive. And, you know, this is the thing about Greg Bird. 6'4", 220. He was was hitting 452. What I say is average down to 438, but... Four home runs, five doubles, a triple in in 14. Now he's hitting 438 in 14 spring training games. And, you know, it's kind of, this is a good sign because he only had a home run in 17 games and batted just 215 with a 346 on base percentage in the Arizona Fall League. Sanchez, four home runs, two doubles, 11 RBIs this spring. Glaber Torres, 478, two home runs, five doubles, seven RBIs. And the Yankees are now 16 and five. The best record in grapefruit or cactus leagues. Take that to the bank. All right? How do you like them apples? I like them a lot. Yankees, no joke. And hey, Giants, JPP got a four-year, $62 million contract, $40 million guaranteed. JPP, you look good signing the pick. I saw a picture today signing that contract. You look damn good. Also, they signed nine-year veteran quarterback back up last year. Josh Johnson hasn't thrown a pass in the NFL since 2011. And Harris has to be very excited about this. Geno Smith, if he passes his physical, he's going to be a giant. You better pray that Eli stays healthy this year because when I think of Josh Johnson or Geno Smith as my giant quarterback, be afraid, be very afraid. And Josh Johnson, nine-year vet, he's only 30. This guy could have a couple more years like this. God bless him, huh? Damn. Geno Smith is a... It's amazing. He is a... He's a giant. And the Raiders are thinking of taking Marshawn Lynch out of retirement and signing him. And they said he's in great shape. He's talked about he'd come back. He... He'd have to be traded from the Seahawks because the Seahawks, Seahawks have their rights. Last year, last he played in 2015, entry-filled year with seven games played, 417 yards, three touchdowns. I guess we'll see. And the Jets are going to bring in Michael Rivera on Monday 
four-year career, all with the Raiders. 146 catches, over 1,400 yards, 10 TDs in his career. A couple years ago, he had 58 catches off year last year. I mean, this is who the Jets have to get excited about. And Morris Claiborne got a one-year, $5 million deal. It's a prove-it deal, or you're gone. Wow. How a top-10 draft pick has... We'll, we'll see if he'll it'll be put up or shut up time for him. And Josh McCown, 14-year vet, five games last year, 0-3 as a starter for the Browns, 1,100 yards, six touchdowns, six interceptions, 72.3 rating. I... Uh, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I... Hmm. This doesn't get me excited at all. That's all I got to say. You got Rivera, you know, young guy. Okay, you know, maybe he can do something for the Jets. But Josh McCown, you know, people say a 14-year career. God bless him. He's going to be 38 when the season starts. That does not get me excited at all. At all. No, no, no. And there were some interesting stories today. You know, okay, you got, we got college basketball. We got March Madness. This story I loved. Okay, now, you probably heard about this last year. North Carolina guard Nate Britt lives in the same house in Upper Marlboro, Maryland, as does the guy who hit the game-winning shot against them last year, Jenkins, from Villanova. Now, Britt's parents are Jenkins' legal guardians. And it... Jenkins hit that shot at the buzzer that won the national championship game in Houston. Now, when he came home from school last summer, Britt found that his parents put pictures of the winning shot near the family family dining room table. He said, and Britt said, there's a picture on the wall of the shot. I don't eat at my table anymore, partially because of that. Can you believe that? Chris Jenkins hits a shot against you, and then you got to go home and eat dinner every night, and you got to see that picture up. How about that? That's got to suck. That sucks big time. Big, big time. Yeah, I wouldn't be happy about that at all. At all. And then I, I read this today. Kevin Caddick from Yahoo. Tough love dad. Think about this. Okay. There's a player on Arkansas. Dusty. I'm trying to find Dusty's. Dusty Hanna. Now, Dusty was... This was a story told that Dusty told that his dad put him in a lot of tough situations as a kid coming up. He said, one time Dusty was shooting at a rec center as a young boy, he missed several shots in a row, and his dad left. Dusty got home, the front door was locked, and the basketball was outside on the court waiting for him. And in high school, one time Dusty shot out for eight behind the arc. The next time he got the ball, he passed in the shot, and at some point he looked up and saw only his ma. And she had that uh uh-oh look on her face. Dad was gone again. And of course, the ball was outside. When he got home, he shot for two to three hours. He said that's the way he learned to be tough on himself. His dad pushed him hard to try and be where he is today. Looks like that tough love, you know, it it worked. And they talked about how there's no participation medals in the Hannah's house. And Chris Weber said, when I think of this tournament, I think of families first. That name on the back of the jersey, you know, you represent your family and you have to love it. He said he wants to just give a shout-out to his mom for being the balance in that relationship. You always get that extra love from your mom. But he said, great job by dad for the tough love, though. 
And they said how the whole segment was kind of surreal and, you know, and uncomfortable from the stories about the tough love to Weber's, you know, approval of the whole situation. Now, we don't know what really went on, you know, because, listen, Dusty's dad, Jerry Hanna, is a former Major League pitcher who grew up so close to Dusty Baker that he named his son after him. Now, Dusty Hanna, and probably, you know, it kind of worked because he ended up being one of the best three-point shooters in the SEC this season. And he scored 14 during Friday's win over Seton Hall. And they're saying, as far as they knew, that dad stayed in seat. Now, how do I feel about this? How do I feel? I, I, I sucked as an athlete. So I don't think my father put, you know, I didn't get a, I remember I played baseball as a kid. And if I got a feeling great, I wasn't allowed to play sports. So I failed it. And then my parents said later they should have never taken away, taken sports away from me. And I stopped playing baseball because of that. Lock you out. I knew a kid in my town who wrestled. Family was all wrestlers. And when he lost a wrestling match, he was grounded. I mean, his father had a whole weight room set up. When he lost, you couldn't go out. Oh, can't go out tonight. He said, we call, hey, what's up, man? He goes, I can't go out tonight. Lost his wrestling match. Was it right? This is the same dad who had the four kids. He had sons. He didn't want them all fighting over the same teams, which I didn't. Who gives a shit if they all like the same team? They all had to pick teams out of a hat. And one kid became a Colts fan. One be, uh, the kid, the kid I went to school with, became a Packers fan. They were all like crazy ass teams, but he didn't want all the kids having the same team. I don't know. Hey, every, I can't judge. I can't judge. I, th- I just thought it was an interesting story, <laughs> and obviously it worked because his dad was dad. His dad was a pro athlete. You think he got it where he was being a half assed and he knew his son had talent, and he pushed him. Maybe. There's different ways to push someone, but it doesn't seem like it messed with Hannah too much. I mean, look at Todd Marinovich. Okay, you know that he went off the deep end a little bit, but his father had him on such a restrictive diet. Diet. I still remember watching the documentary. The first time he did cocaine, the look in his eyes, his friend was like, oh shit, this isn't going to be good. So that's a bad one. But some of these guys turn out all right. A lot of kids are coaches, you know, son of co- coaches. Look at, look at Bobby and Danny. Hey, Danny Hurley, you are Rhode Island first tournament win since 98. They won today over Creighton. He he had a tough time in college, and he got him to bounce back. He's a good college. Hey, he's, that's something you got to be proud of. You get your first tournament win. His, uh, his brothers took Buffalo to the dance a couple times. He's having a rough go with uh, Arizona State, but he'll get back there. He'll get back there. And then this story. I, I like this story. About love UConn, man. UConn women. Now listen to this. 32-0. Haven't lost a game since November 2014. This is a women's team. 107 straight, seeking their fifth consecutive national championship, 12th overall. I mean, it doesn't even sound possible. They play Saturday morning in Connecticut against 21 and 11 Albany. Now, the bench isn't deep. Coach Oriama has a seven player rotation. Now, it's, you know, he lacks the interior sign of some of his other teams. Among his, you know, Katie Lou Samuelson is as tall as 6'3, but the thing is, well, as a detriment for the team, she spends a lot of time beyond the three-point arc. They lost three players. Actually, the top three picks in the WNBA draft last year, Brianna Stewart, Mariah Jefferson, and Morgan Tuck. And actually, the first AP poll, they were ranked third behind Notre Dame and Baylor. And none of the current Huskies have been asked to make vital plays in previous NCAA tournament games. Actually, Katie Lou Samuelson sat out the championship game against Syracuse last year, and they still won by 31. Now, they were number three to start off the season, but they played all the teams this year. They beat the three other number one seeds by double digits. 
Beat Notre Dame and Baylor by 11 and South Carolina by 11. Samuelson and Nafisa Collier were the leading scorers in the American Athletic Conference and named the league's co-players of the year. And Gabby Williams was the conference's defensive player of the year. And she was has such an influence on the game that Jay, Jay Billis said, from ESPN said, the most complete player in college basketball, male or female. And Maya Moore, the former UConn star, she talks about the positive pressure that players feel that they have to sustain this tradition of winning. You know, it's just that, you know, that in decisive moments, they said, hey, victory is likely because that's what's been happening for the last two decades. They're just, they're going to win. And, you know, they compare UConn to UCLA men's team, the 60s and 70s. UConn's won 11 titles the first 35 years of the women's NCAA tournament. UCLA won nine in the first 35 years of the men's tournament. Now, the thing was, UCLA had an easier path than UConn. Bruins, dominant era, mostly one team per conference made the tournament. And an Eastern opponent was seldom faced until the national championship game. And I love what Oriama says. Maybe that's where we are in women's basketball, a little bit above where the game was back then. But this is the era where I live. This is the era where I'm playing. And he knows defeat's going to come Sunday. He says it's inevitable. He said even the sand loses to the ocean. He says the ocean just keeps coming all the time. The sand just sits there and thinks, I'm safe. No, you're not. Everyone loses at some point. I love that. <laughs> the sand. Hey, you know what? The sand, the water's going to get you sometime. It's going to happen. Jerry Longman from New York Times gave me that article. I just thought it was great. You can't, come on. I will be shocked if they lose If they lose in the tournament. I just think they've played everybody. Now, you know, they could have a bad game, but I think even when they play a bad game, I don't know. I, I, I'd be shocked. I'd be stunned. I just think this isn't the time for them to lose. I think he has them ready, hungry. I mean, they blew through everybody. And they played everybody during the regular season. I mean, when you play the other three number ones during the season, does is UNC play the number three? Okay, they have to play Duke, but oh, they played Villanova last year. But no, I don't think. I mean, they play they played everybody this year. And hey, their conference it doesn't matter. They played everybody else. Got give them props. One hundred seven wins in a row is serious, serious stuff, right? I mean, that's that's serious stuff. I have some more stuff I want to talk about today. Oh, okay. Now, got our haircuts this morning, my dad and I. I also got a manicure. You know, you got you to stay pretty all over. Tom Crean was let go at Indiana. Indiana is a state school. If they would have waited three months, the buyout would have been $1 million instead of the $4 million they have to do right now. Now, is this is a state school. That doesn't sound like fiscal responsibility, that $3 million, but the the... Athletic director said he couldn't deal with the anguish of the students and alumni. It had to happen. You know, somebody's going to foot the bill. But my pops was really pissed off about that. He said, take school. You can't do That's a lot of money. $3 million. I said, Dad, somebody's going to pay it. And they're talking about Steve Alford from UCLA. I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see. I don't think he's going to go anywhere. He's got a ball coming in next year, a ball coming in that year after that. He'd be... But I guess, you know, these guys leave at the drop of a hat. And number one seeds are now 132-0 all-time versus the 16 seeds. 132-0. Michigan today beat Oklahoma State 92-91. Well, it was really 92-89. He had a shot at the buzzer to make it a one-point game. 16 threes by Michigan today. They look pretty damn good. I picked Ohio State. I'm Oklahoma State, I'm sorry. They did not play well. And Mike, Mike Bray, the coach of Notre Dame, says the Hope fans can get 
out of jail by 8 a.m. tomorrow after St. Patrick's Day today. They're going to be rolling. Eh, I thought it sounded funnier when I first read it. It's not as funny when I read it the second time. At Mount St. Mary's, this, I thought they lost yesterday by 20 to Nova, but this I liked. Coach Jamian Christian, text team right after Chris Jenkins had that shot to win it for Villanova, said, text the whole team, said, our season starts right now. If we're not going to the NCAA tournament next year, that's a major disappointment for, for us. I thought, wow. And he's, they all got it, and they, he was like, season starts right now. I, hey. And they played a very tough pre-conference schedule. They, they said got them ready for the tournament. Hey, they made the tournament. They, hey, lose my 20 to the number one team, number one overall team in the nation. Nothing to be, nothing to be ashamed of. And today, Seton Hall lost to Arkansas 77-71. There was a bullshit flagrant foul called at the end. It was a tight game then. I'll tell you, if Seton Hall was up, and then they, it was going back and forth. They, it looked like he might have been, he said he put a foot out to trip him, and then he pushed him down. You know what? You can't call that. Weber was pissed. I thought it was a bullshit call. Let him play, man. Let them play. And USC freaking plays in the, the first four, plays in one of the first four games, get him blown out, comes back from 17. They go on a 23-12 run in the last 11 minutes versus Number six, SMU, and beat them 66-65. Shake Milton on a bad play at the end. He looked like he was out of control going through. Took a bad floater, hit the front of the rim, and they lose by one. I was rooting for SMU too, man. But hey, USC, goddamn, they keep winning. Pac-12 Pac going into tonight, going into the late games. UCLA was winning at the half, 4-0 in the tournament. And NC State, new coach. Always a hot guy, UNC Wilmington. Kevin Keats, 72 and 28 last three years at UNC Wilmington. They lost by six to UVA. I had taken UNC Wilmington to win, and they didn't. New coach, Gottfried out. Mr. Keats in. TBD on that front, huh? We shall see. UNC today won 103 64 with Texas Southern. It was 71 38 when I went to eat dinner. Now I, I love this 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 stack cracks me up thirteen and zero as the number one seed in the first round. So I'm thinking, okay, that means they've beaten the shittiest team. They should be thirteen and zero. They should never be losing as the number one seed in the first round. I thought that stat was kind of like, yeah, a duh. And number fourteen seeds this year are zero and three in the tournament. Yeah, it's been crappy, man. I'm not doing that well today, at all. Yeah. Now. Nets lost at home today to the Celtics 98-95 to fall to 13 and 55. Celtics 44 and 25. Jay Crowder at 24 and 12 to lead Boston. They actually had three three-pointers at the end that did not go in to try. Brooke Lopez took one. They said he was off bounce. It looked it looked like it went in and out. And then Quinn Quincy AC tried it tried one, didn't go in. And I don't remember who made the took the third one. And Isaiah Thomas was out with a bone bruise. Brooke Lopez led the Nets with 23. Lynn had 10 points, 7 rebounds, 6 assists. And power forward, new addition, Andrew Nicholson, 11 to lead the Nets off the bench. Nets only shot 36%, 11 for 35 from threes. Celtics out, rebounded them, 51 to 41. Now, this was, I thought this was interesting. From Evan Grossman, New York Daily News. I think Isaiah Thomas got into a Twitter fight with a local dad. He's, he's sitting out this weekend. They said it's a bone bruise. A lot of people saying, you know, 
Well, they're saying that, you know, he's taking the week weekend off because they're playing the Nets, the Sixers. He scored 27 against Minnesota on Wednesday night where he suffered the right bone bruise. And it, fans were pissed. You know, they pay money for tickets. Well, one, one dad went to Twitter. Noah, Noam Layden's son, Gabe, a 13-year-old, who is a huge Thomas fan. So Noam bought tickets to Friday night's game. Gabe drew posters to bring along to root on his favorite player. And they were crushed Thursday when they found out that he wouldn't be in the building. Now, Noam is an anchor and writer for WABC 770's I Miss in the Morning and the Sid and Bernie show. He took to Twitter. He showed an image of his you know, son ripping up posters. And he wrote an email to the Daily News where he said, Gabe ripped up the posters he made. I felt terrible about it. So I went to Twitter and expressed my disappointment with a tweet that included a picture. And this morning I woke up to six hostile tweets from Thomas accusing me of disrespecting him. No apology. Or even just a tweet telling me how upset he was he was just letting down a kid. And then some other guy came on and said that it's a legit issue for this league about the you know players missing games. Where, you know, players just missing for the hell of it. Hey, think about the, the Spurs in the Golden State game. Thompson was out. Curry was out. Now, Kawhi Leonard was out with a concussion. And LaMarcus Aldridge was out with a heart heart issue. But who else? And, yeah, and two other guys sat out. Oh, Clay Thompson? Yeah. Draymond Green played, though. And he ran out. It was hurt. It, hey, Spurs did it all the time. But yeah, and there's been LeBron's missed some games. It's, it pisses off people. Well, then Thomas said that you know, uh, you know, he he's doing everything he can to get up back on the court. Two treatments a day. Well, CBS Sports wasn't you know buying the seriousness of the injury. You know, they, they said that certainly the fact that their opponent was Brooklyn and Philadelphia, two teams that Celts should be able to handle even without Thomas, is a big factor. You know that he didn't play. And don't tell me if the playoffs weren't, you know, playing right now that he wouldn't be playing. But Brad Stevens, he could miss the game, the third, another game, the third game after the Nets and the Sixers is the Wizards. I, You know what? I guess we shall see. Right now, it smells like bullshit. But, you know, you know, I, I, that's with social media. You know, when people write stuff, I, I don't know what Thomas, you know, gotta have a little thicker skin, man. I mean, shit happens. You know, that happens sometimes. Gotta deal with it. It got a little hot, too hot in the kitchen for him, man. I thought he, you know, you're bigger than that, man. That's not a big deal, right? Okay, fan got a little pissed off. Move on, right? That, that's all I'm saying. I mean, maybe, maybe I'm overreaching, but I don't think so. I don't think so at all. All right. And the Knicks. Fourth straight losing season after losing to the Nets last night. And 13th in the last 16 years. They've had losing seasons. That sucks. They also have the sixth worth worst defensive rating per NBA.com. Only the Nets and Lakers have a worse record since December 23rd. The Knicks are 11-29. 11-29 since December 23rd. They also lost two times to the Nets in five days, six and a half out of the playoff spot, and haven't won back-to-back games in 2017. Last time they did that was December 20th and 22nd of 2016. They play at the Clippers, who are 40 and 29, the Knicks are 27 42 on Monday night. That's the next game. Wow. Ryan, I know you hate these stats, and I know it probably makes you cry in your beer, but I have to, I have to tell people what's happening out there. I really do. 
it's the only way only way we can live and i i looked up some lavar ball stats you know he's he was a personal trainer and they said in college he had like 2% body fat he was jacked he played at d2 cal state los angeles averaged over almost 16 a game almost 9 rebounds first team all ccaa and his head coach there henry henry dyer said compared him and fellow front court player bruce turner to kareem and magic yeah, I don't know if I... <laughs> You're comparing two Hall of Famers to LeVar Ball and a Bruce, Mr. Turner, Mr. Ball. I, I Good players, but wow, that's... And one of his teammates says he was one and done at Washington, but not in a good way. And his coach there was Kelvin Sampson, who was 32 at the time. And they they, they didn't run the kind of offense around him. They said he had a personality and everything, a lot of confidence. You know, hey, he probably was good at D2 and he had some, yeah, he was all CCA, but compare him. And then, you know, he was a different, different player than a bigger player than Jordan. He looks like a bigger, even now. So, you know, they wouldn't be playing the same position anyway. But, hmm. Yeah, that just makes things that make you go, hmm. That makes me go, hmm. The whole Kareem magic thing. Rex Ryan is joining Sunday Night Countdown on a multi-year deal per... That's from the New York Daily News. Rex, you need the money. I know things are tight. Wish you the best of luck. The Mets won today 16-2 over the cards. Wilmer Flores, 2 for 6. A double. Grand slam, 6 RBIs. Steven Matz, 3.2 innings. 2 hits, a run. 3 base on balls, 3 Ks. How about that? And Brandon Nemo... You know, says the hammy not as bad after the World Baseball Classic, but he's going to have to play in the next two weeks. Before he went to the World Baseball Classic, he was hitting 476 for the Mets. And Conforto hit over 300. And he, hey, he made a play. Wednesday, he made a threw out a runner trying to stretch a double into a triple in the, win- in the 6-2 loss against the Marlins. Hey, you know what? I, I want Nemo back. Nice to see Flores. A 16-2. Cespedes, the other day, just missed a sixth home run. The wind blew it back in. Pretty awesome, right? Pretty awesome. Yeah, I mean. And the Canadians and Senators are going to celebrate the league centennial with an outdoor game at the TD Place Stadium, which is the home of the Ottawa Red Blacks, December 16th. Ottawa's first outdoor game as host, Canadians fourth. And... uh, this might be the douchebag of the year award. Jason Price, he plays for the Knoxville Ice Ice Bears. He has to set up the rest of the 2016-17 regular season and playoffs. He deliberately shot a puck into the Huntsville Havocs, I love that name, bench late in the third period in the game this past Saturday. Trainer of the Huntsville team was injured when a puck hit his ear. Dude, you know what? Those punks, those pucks, you hit someone in the face, you could do a lot of damage. And you're a little pissed off? I get it, but you can't do shit like that, right? Right? You can't. And I definitely want to go to... They're playing right now the... The Big Ten... They were in overtime, 3-3. The Big Ten ice hockey tournament, but I want to go see a uh, Pagula Ice Ice Arena at Penn State. Tom Pagula is the owner of the Sabres. Savers and the Bills now? The Savers and the Bills? He gave over $100 million 
to build a new arena. It seats over 5,000. They even have the roar section where these 1,000 you know, fans, which are they're behind the opposing goalies for two periods of the game, every game, so they can, you know, shout obscenities, whatever they want, scream at the whatever. I think, but it's, it looks like a cool place. And Penn State didn't even have a, a D1 team until a couple of years ago. They're trying to get their first berth in the NCAA tournament after only four, I mean, four years playing a D1 schedule. They beat Michigan on Thursday night. They're tied for 12th in the pairwise rankings, which determines the seeding in the 16-team NCAA tournament. So they play top-seeded Minnesota. There was 3-3 going into a second overtime. And the uh, field will be announced on Sunday. Let's keep my fingers, keep our fingers crossed, right? I mean, come on, man. And what else? Oh, and how about skier? Michaela Schifrin is set to win her first overall title, will become the fifth U.S. overall World Cup champion. Good for her. And Tiger, doubtful for the Masters, but come on. We, we, didn't, we didn't think that was happening, right? And Miguel Cabrera, likely out for the rest of the WBC for Venezuela with a back injury, but expect to be ready for opening day. And also Mac, Max Scherzer, stress fracture, right finger, likely to miss Nats opening day versus Marlins on April 3rd. And Jose Fernandez, man, probable operator, alcohol, 0.147, and cocaine in the system, but they're not 100% sure he was the driver. I mean, he's too young, man. It sounds cliche, but that just, that just, this is, that's just sad, right? And Connor says, I'm going to stop Floyd. I'm, I am boxing. Connor goes off on potential Mayweather fight, Fight Hub TV. Yeah. I don't know. And, and you know, Wichita State's Greg Marshall calls the selection committee after knocking off Dayton. He said Dayton deserved a better draw. You know what? I, I feel that they're going to push this whole tournament to the point where it's only going to be the big wigs in it. They're going to, they're going to, the little teams, it's only if you win your conference and especially this year, man, not a lot of upsets. And the upsets were really by a, a big conference by another conference. Like, well, Rhode Island's a smaller conference. And SMU lost to USC. USC's a Pac-12 team. SMU's American Athletic Conference. You know? All right. Now, trivia question. Last show. Okay. Name the three coaches who have won 10-plus titles in Division I basketball, actually Division I sports and pro sports history. Gino Oriyama, 11. Phil Jackson, 11 in the NBA, and John Wooden, 10 with UCLA. Three of them combined, 32. Wow, that's amazing. And, and tonight's question is a true-false. Has any NBA player won three consecutive All-Star MVP awards? Has any NBA player won three consecutive All-Star MVP awards? True-false. All right. We have Triple G fighting Daniel Jacobs tomorrow night, MSG pay-per-view. We have... We're going to have a couple Sweet 16 teams tomorrow. JD is getting destroyed in his... Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm, 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 I'll do it later. I was, I had four games left. I'll add it up later. My buddy, my, my, my buddy Gumbo Chef went 13 and three the first, uh, first 16 games. I'm curious how he did. And he took freaking Duke to beat Kentucky in the final. A UNC grad takes Duke to beat Kentucky. That's blasphemy. Gumbo Chef, that is blasphemy. I love you, but that's blasphemy. All right, folks, have a good night. I'll talk to you soon. Peace out.